0: We're going to dig into the book of Romans, and we're going to find out how foolish our own human understanding and our own truths can add up to be. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. Our 2019 theme is making disciples as we help our community know God, become family, and impact the world. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill morning on Super Bowl Sunday are you ready to have a party come on now I had somebody ask me a great question today not just a question but a great question they didn't ask me if Dallas was going to win they asked me by how much they were going to win that is a beautiful question I'm thinking at least 17 points would be my prediction for today now you may think that's a crazy prediction but that's my prediction. That's what I think is going to happen. And we live in a day and time where it doesn't matter if that reality even exists. As long as I want it to exist, it exists. I can live in fantasy land, believe that Dallas has finally made it back to Super Bowl after all these years, and declare it to be true. And it can be my truth, but does that make it true? We're going to dig into the book of Romans, and we're going to find out how foolish our own human understanding and our own truths are can add up to be if you have your Bibles go ahead let's dig in we're going to go to Romans 118 if you missed last Sunday it was State of the Church uh, you can go back and you'll be able to see it online or you can request a DVD I encourage you to dig into all that's going on at the Life in the Ministries of PCBC but we are a committed group of believers on mission on a kingdom mission to share the gospel to share the gospel in all the earth we had a team just get back again from Zambia Uh, We have a team putting together an amazing ministry this next Friday night to the special needs community of Oklahoma City called Night to Shine. A, A variety of things that we do each and every day we wake up because there is a world that's living in bad news and needs the good news, the gospel. And so today, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing this letter to the Romans, was trying to bring good news by exposing the bad news, trying to get them to see the lies that they were living under in their culture And how Jesus came to give them a new way and a new life. Look again at verse 18 where we left off two weeks ago. The warm fuzzy verse about the wrath of God. Don't you love verse 18? Take a look at it. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. The Apostle Paul unpacks and tells them what they need to hear, probably what they didn't want to hear. I doubt anybody woke up this morning and said, man, I can't wait to get to church and hear about the wrath of God. Boy, that would just make my day. And yet, that is something we need to understand and something that we must see if we're ever going to have an understanding of why God created life. The wrath of God. Wouldn't it be nice, like the cartoon you see on the screen if there was an indicator as you showed up at church every morning knowing what God because when we think about the wrath of God we think about an angry God we think about that old white bearded dude with the lightning bolts on the rocking chair in heaven he's all just upset for all of eternity and he's just grumpy old man and he's waiting for you to mess up and you need to know if it's a high alert today if it's a yellow flag or a green flag if it's going to be a low alert wouldn't it be nice if you had well that's not what we're seeing here Paul wasn't talking about how God is angry and just wants to zap you, but he is saying there is the justice of God, the just righteousness of God, that is poured out on sin, sin which only kills, steals, and destroys. And so he says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. It is poured out on all, listen to this, all ungodliness. This generation, if we're not careful, there is a teaching that we can do whatever we want to do, and it's just our choice. It's my choice, and it's just my life to live. And I can do what I want, and it may not be pleasing to God. It may not match the uh, morality of the church, but I've got my life to live. I want you to understand that that choice that you're making or that life you're living is outside of God's design. It is ungodly and it will experience the righteous judgment of God on that act or on your life. The wrath of God is real, and yet there are those who are suppressing the truth in their life, rejecting it. That word suppress, there in verse 18, literally means to bring to an end or to put away as if it no longer exists. Paul was saying in his day, and it's just like our day, We have woken up, supposedly in our enlightened age, and said, you know, that was good for my grandparents, that was good for the old-fashioned America of the past, but this is a new day. This is our day, and we have put that in a box, we have packed it away in a closet, and we've said we're going to live how we want to live now, suppressing the truth. As a result, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven because of the choices man is making. we go through this we're gonna find that God is revealing the emptiness and the vanity of man's wisdom a wisdom that says there are no absolutes a pendulum swing away from the values of our parents and our grandparents and saying you know everything is go my truth is my truth your truth is your truth the Dallas Cowboys are gonna win by 17 not gonna happen Even though I wanted to and even though I want to delude myself in that, it won't happen. Maybe ever, as long as Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, I'm still a bitter man. Go to verse 19. Take a look at it. He's going to explain the downward spiral that happens when we lean on our own understanding and reject or suppress the truth of God. Look at verse 19. He says, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God has made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen and being understood through what has been made, so they are without excuse. If you're taking notes today, I want you to see the very first thing, and it starts with revelation. Paul says, God has revealed truth to us. He has revealed it through nature, and he has revealed it through his word. He's revealed it through his works, and he has revealed it through his holy word. Both speak to revelation. And God has made it clear in every person's heart. It doesn't matter if you live in the Bible Belt, called Oklahoma, or if you live in the remotest jungle on this planet. The Apostle Paul says, it has been placed into the creation by the creator that there is a God. That you can't look at the skies and the universe and say, wow, that just cosmically happened. That you can't look at the uniqueness of who you are, this incredible thing called a human body, and think that that just, over time, evolved out of a bunch of ooze and goo and became you. It's not the way it works. That God, your creator, created you. And he placed within you a God-shaped void that can only be filled through Jesus Christ and not the things of this world. So the very first thing we see is this concept of revelation. That God has revealed himself through the works of nature and through the word of God that I'm preaching to you today. Professor of medicine once told his anatomy class, he said, I can tell you everything about how a body works, I just can't tell you why it works. For that you have to go to Sunday school. that's a pretty good answer. He might understand the mechanics of this, but why? Why do you exist and why are you here? God has given supernatural revelation. He has placed it inside of you. When I was growing up, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't drink a bunch of Kool-Aid from a family that grew up in this stuff. I, I, I did the exact opposite. I grew up at the lake. And yet, even in that lostness and even in that separation from the things being taught within the church and from the word of God, I still knew inside my empty heart there was a God. It's inherent in each and every person. Even that person who claims to be an atheist or agnostic, they still know and they still understand there's a God. How do I know? How many times do they say, oh my God? maybe not even a believer. They may be in the worst of times, and they cry out, God, where are you? God, wh-? There is something in us that God has placed, that GPS that draws us back to our Creator. It starts a revelation. And you can either receive the revelation of God, you can either respond to that and say, God, I want to know you, the one that's revealing yourself to me, or you can reject it. You can suppress the truth. And so here's the spiral. God comes, God speaks, God reveals. And then, normally, naturally, we reject the supernatural. Look at verse 21. Here's the spiral. It leads from revelation now to rejection. For even though they knew God, they knew about God, they knew there was a God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. As we suppress the truth, if you don't respond to revelation, You are repressing light and that means you are heading towards darkness. Apostle Paul said, their hearts had become darkened, the absence of light is darkness. In our day and age, we are supposedly so enlightened and so brilliant, we find these kinds of arguments. This was on Yahoo, Yahoo forum a few years back. The title caught my attention, it said, why can't the United States give up God and move forward?" They went on to articulate, or so they thought they were articulating, this brilliant wisdom that says, We have a great country. Why can't we become united and just walk together forward without God? It wasn't really God that made this country. It was the people who cared. And just because someone says God has done this and he has made our country what it doesn't make, but that does not make it true. Be a hero and don't divide Americans between an invisible God. We can become even greater influences of the world instead of looking like a bunch of Christian bullies. When can we ever get along for some common truth that we are all proud of? In other words, there is this reality that we can create our own truth. What used to be true or what was supposedly true is archaic and dead and buried. But now there's a new truth because we're more brilliant and we're more enlightened and we know the way. Well, that leads to the third step as you're picturing these stairs going down into a basement, down further and further, now we find that rejection leads to our own reasoning, an attempt to be more progressive, and yet it's regressive. Instead of climbing higher, we're actually going lower. Secular humanism, one of the tenets is that we are building a better world, that we can build a better truth, a conviction that with reason and an open exchange of ideas, and through the diversity of thought and goodwill, we can tolerate all things, and all truths can be true. And when that happens, Dallas will always win a Super Bowl. That just isn't true. No matter how enlightened it seems, it is madness. Where did all this come from, this progressive thinking? Well, there was a humanist manifesto. It's been done three times now. It started, you would expect, what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe in the 60s as this liberal movement moved into our nation. 19, listen to this, 33. In 1933, religious leaders from the seminaries, the founding seminaries of this nation, like Yale and Princeton, and other what was once conservative theological uh, seminaries had fallen for this human manifesto. Here's what they declared. I'm going to put it up on the screen. And this started in 1933. Here's some of the tenets. I don't have time to read all of them. Their very first tenet. This is not atheists who started to put this together. These were religious leaders who said that we need to be under a new truth for a new day. And they put the manifesto together. First, their first tenet. We as religious humanists regard the universe as self-existing and not created. See where they start? They remove the creator. And if there is no creator, there is no supernatural. If there's no supernatural, there's no accountability. And now, all that is left and remaining is the natural. Paul will address that in Romans chapter 1. Look at the second tenet. Humanism believes that a man is part of nature, and that he has emerged as a result of a continuous process. The concept of evolution, the concept of no designer, no creator. We just happen to be, and we just get better every day, day by day, generation by generation, and look at how much better we're doing in 2020. If we were getting better, we wouldn't see the realities of our culture, and we wouldn't see the violence in the streets, and we wouldn't see the aborted lives, and we wouldn't see the issues of this day if we were getting better. The fifth tenet. Humanism asserts that the nature of the universe depicted by modern science makes unacceptable any supernatural or cosmic guarantees of human values. Again, they suppress the truth. And they come with their own tenets of, no, this supernatural truth does not exist. It is the fable of previous generations. We are more enlightened, and we are under the nature of science. That's the only truth. It goes on. The sixth thing. We are convinced that the time has passed for theism, deism, modernism, and the several varieties of new thought. The time has come for faith in the supernatural to no longer exist. They remove the supernatural to place us under the natural. And then the tenth. It follows that there will be no uniquely religious emotions and attitudes of the kind associated with belief in the supernatural. Again, this was documented by and founded in 1933. And now we wake up eight decades later, 20 or nine decades later. And we are under the curse of the seed that was planted in believing that we can suppress the truth and all things will get better. That came to us from the professor of church history and theology at Harvard, the professor of philosophy at Cornell, the professor of physiology at the University of Chicago, other professors of religion at the University of Chicago, Michigan, and Pittsburgh, and numerous leaders of what then became known as the Unitarian Church. The enlightened ones to lead us to a better day and a better way. Apostle Paul talked about the foolishness of these things and how that suppression of the truth, rejecting truth, would lead to this human wisdom or reasoning that would lead to chaos and destruction. This group, the Humanist Manifesto, just a decade later in the 1940s, would add fuel to the fire of the legal battle to remove religious instruction from our schools they would then go on later, and they would, in the 60s, just two decades later, they would be the ones that would promote the illegality of abortion and making sure that was a right of a choice of a person to make, to take another life. They're behind the move for the boycotting of the Pledge of Allegiance, One Nation Under God, having a pact put together today in Washington, D.C., with this intent on their website, that their desires to change the face of American politics and to achieve equality by increasing the number of open humanists and atheists in public office at all levels of government. And so we reap the harvest of those seeds that have been planted. And now we wake up in nine decades of influence through our public education in our colleges, have brought a new batch of Kool-Aid that says we know more than God and our truth is the new truth. I'm so glad Dallas will finally get back the Super Bowl. Not just craziness of 1933, but even today, uh, leaders within what would be considered conservative Christianity created an emergent manifesto of hope. As they wrote the manifesto, a writer of this manifesto said, speaking for Christians today, I'm a Christian today because of a Hindu meditation master, and I believe that all children are the children of God. Well, we would all agree that God is the creator of all. But that does not make us children of God. Jesus had to explain this to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, we talk about Nicodemus all the time, but what a great understanding of this reality. Nicodemus was a teacher to the Jews. He was a religious leader. He was me for the Jewish people of his day. He was the one that instructed and taught them what God's word supposedly said, and yet he was missing something inside. Remember what we saw earlier in a couple verses? It's placed in every single person's heart, in their person. A knowledge that there is more, that there is a God. So he comes to Jesus at night and he says, Lord, what is it that I'm missing? Notice what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, well, you know, Nicodemus, you're a good guy, you're a religious guy, but you just need a new truth. You just need a new religion. He didn't say to Nicodemus, you just need to try harder. You know what he said to Nicodemus? You must be born again. Because see, your first birth brought you spiritual death. Man sinned and fell short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. We are spiritually dead, and that's our problem. And the only way we can have what we need is to be fulfilled in that God-shaped void, and that is to be born a second time. Jesus was talking about the reality of not just finding some other new truth and becoming more enlightened, and that all of us are the children of God. Only those who are born a second time not everyone who's been born is a child of God only those who've been born a second time so the question is have you been born again the lie that all of us are the children of God is simply suppressing the truth and only those who call on the name of the Lord can be saved from their sin and truly be a child of God. For all that have received him, to them he gives the right, listen to this, to all who've received him, Jesus. Who is Jesus? Is he a way? Is he another God? Is he another truth? He's the way, the truth, life. and life. Scripture says whoever receives him, Jesus, to that person he gives the right, listen to this, to become a Baptist. That's what you need. You need a denomination. You need a new religion. No. To them he gives the right to become a child of God. And so by the truth of that, now you can say that's what scripture says. I don't believe it. That's your choice. I happen to believe that that is the holy word of God. That is his holy revelation. And I had to wrestle with that and I had to come to a point of understanding. I was lost in my sin and I couldn't fix it. And that what I was missing here was not more stuff to pack into my life, not the things of this natural world. I needed to know the God who created me. And the only way I could be a child of God was through Him, Christ Jesus. What do you believe? What have you done with that truth? With that one truth that whoever believes in Him shall be the child of God, have you believed that truth or do you suppress it? And say, well, that's just for narrow-minded, old-school people. That's just a crutch that people lean on. I choose my truth. Well, let's get back to where the Apostle Paul was preaching instead of where I'm preaching. Go to verse 22. So we go from rejecting the revelation, we fall under our own reasoning of what seems right to us, and then it leads to the issue of replacement. So watch the stairs. Revelation rejected. Rejected then goes to reasoning. What will be our truth? And in that truth, we then come up with our replacement. Look at verse 22. So professing to be wise, they actually became fools. These scholars that gathered together in 1933 to initiate the human manifesto, that, the humanist manifesto, that still now three genera- or three revisions later still exist in our country and around the world. Is their attempt at being wise, and yet it is so foolish. They exchanged the glory of incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man, birds, and four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. You say, what is that talking about? On that day and time, in their own reasoning, they rejected that there was a God who created, and they just created their own gods. It's called idolatry. And we may not have idols that look like this today, But if you are not worshiping the one true God, you are worshiping something. You're either worshiping yourself or you're worshiping nature. That would be pantheistic theology. Worshiping the nature and that nature is God. There is humanistic theology that man is God, that I am in charge, and that we are the enlightened ones. And then there's the materialistic, where we worship the stuff, the material things of this world. So they were placed by suppressing the truth with a lie. They created their own gods that they could control and that they could be satisfied by. And that leads to the next stare down, which is reprobation. Reprobation defined is letting something become as evil as it wants to be. There are no standards. There are no absolutes. All is fair play. And you can choose to live life that way. You can say, you know what? I know my mom and dad have taught me this I know scripture supposedly says this but I like what Hollywood says better I like what my heart says better I like what my desires declare is better well that's a brilliant way to live that worked for Adam and Eve didn't it think about that there was perfection and everything they would ever need And the enemy came with the same lie then that he proposes to you and me every day. There's more to be had. That this truth that God has laid out is so narrow, it's so boxy, so restricting, so old school. You need to live outside the box. You remember how he took them and he placed their focus on that? which God said was true. He said, if you eat from this tree, you will die. He declared that to be true. What did the enemy say? You think that's what God really meant? Do you really think that would happen? Do you think God, who's the author of life, would be the author of death? He began to get them to question. And so they suppressed the truth. They denied that that was true, and they lived beyond that truth. And that's why we live in the hell on earth that we live in today, because they chose... They repressed that truth and that revelation, and they became reprobate in that moment. So look at verse 24. So God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to their impurity, so that their bodies, now this isn't speaking of Adam and Eve, this is talking about mankind, but it's the same thing that started in the garden. He gave them over to the lust of their hearts to their impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. God will let you choose what you want to do. And just as he placed Adam and Eve in that garden, and he provided everything that would ever bring them life, God does the same for you and me. And God says, I've revealed to you through my works and through my word how you can have life choose you this day. Life. Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life. He didn't come to put you in a box. He came to set you free. And yet we think that's what Christianity is. It's this box on me. And I just want to be free of that. And I want to live how I want to live. And then we wake up in bondage. The very things we thought would bring us our freedom are the very things that place us in our chains. Your parents, they would know Steppenwolf. Anybody know Steppenwolf? It sounds like a chief of one of the tribes here in uh, the Indian territories. Steppenwolf sang an incredible song. Born to be Baptist. Born to be Baptist. It's a hymn. It was a hymn. That was No. A song. Born to be wild. Almost every generation knows the words of the song. Listen to what they said. Get your motor running. Oh, that sounds exciting, doesn't it? Going to go on a ride. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway looking for adventure and whatever comes our way. Yeah, darling, going to make it happen. Take the world in a love embrace. I'm almost singing it. I'm real close to just singing it. Like a true nature's child, we were born. born. <laughs> wow, a preacher's wife was just singing that. That's beautiful. That's the thought of the day. After all, that's just who we are. We're just natural people. And you have in you an unbridled wildness. And all the congregation said, that's me. That's true of every person in this room. We all were born in this world with a sinful nature and have fallen short of the glory of God. But just because we were born in that doesn't mean we have to stay in that. Doesn't mean we have to live natural lives. Jesus came that we might be born a second time because the first time it was messed up. And you don't have to live according to your natural desires. Jesus can give you the supernatural power to live a holy life and experience the glory of life as he designed it. We weren't born to be animals. We were born originally created in the image of God, but we rejected that truth and we embraced the natural. Verse 25, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever amen notice that the battle has always been about truth it's always been about truth he said they exchanged the truth they suppressed it they exchanged it they said this is what we used to have we don't want it we're going to exchange it and we're going to embrace this instead they took on the lie that nature will give us what we want That we could have a new truth. And whatever that truth is, it's my truth. And that's what's going to bring me fulfillment and joy. Now, that may sound good. But here's the issue. If I was to start back here and I was to start to make my way towards you, as as I make my way to the end of the stage, truth says, Bill, stop right here. Because if you don't, it's going to be messy. And so I ask you, what is true? What will happen if I step from this point forward, what is true? You say, why don't you step out and find out, right? Some of you are hoping I'll take that step. Now, I might say, I love God and God loves me. And if I take that next step, I'm a man of faith and God won't let any harm come to me. I've got a promise in the word. That's my truth. God will put his angels around and collect me. I take the next step. My truth does not dictate what is true. I crash and I burn so there are many people today that say you know Bill you preach an old-fashioned religion you believe things that are just archaic you preach things that are binding and boxy no all I can do is bring the truth of God's word as it has been revealed from our Creator and you have to choose will you suppress it? Or will you embrace it? Will you believe on it? Or will you walk away from it? Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. That's the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So in this moment, help us God. And it shouldn't take a scene from a movie to tell us that we can't handle the truth. You got to deal with it. What will you believe? Now, there's one of two people that are going to walk out of this room. There are those who are going to believe what God's Word says, that those who believe on a Savior, those who realize they need to be born a second time, those who receive Him, they become the children of God, and I am saved today because I have Christ in my heart. I believe in what His Word says is true. That's the person that embraces what God has revealed to be true. Or there could be somebody who walks out today and says, Man, I hear you, Pastor? That sounds good and maybe that works for you, but that ain't for me. Let it not be said when you enter out into eternity that no one ever told you that God loves you and He loved you so much He sent His only begotten Son and He died in your place. He came so you could have an abundant life, not a religious life. He came not to put you in a box, He came to set you free. The truth shall set you free. And maybe that's where you find yourself like I was as a junior in high school. Knowing there was a God, I was without excuse. I knew there was a God. I just didn't know that I could know that God through Jesus until somebody shared it with me. I share that with you today. Will you suppress that truth or will you receive that truth? Will you trust Christ or will you walk away from Christ? I know there are many in this room you have trusted Christ. We'll come back to you in a minute. But let me talk first to that person who inside you know you're missing something. There's an emptiness there. And today as you've heard the word of God, you know that what you're missing is a relationship with God. What are you going to do with that? you Are going to leave the same way you came? Or today, is today the day of salvation for you? You see, salvation is a gift. It's nothing that you do. It's not in your own understanding or in your own ways that you fix it. It's a declaration that I am spiritually dead and I need to be born again. I need God to turn me into a new person. I need the God who created me to forgive me and to live inside of me. And he will if you'll receive that revelation. So if I'm speaking to somebody in this room or somebody online right now, I hope that you would reach out to God as God is reaching out to you and say, God, I receive you into my life, to as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to become a child of God. And if that's you, I want you to come to one of our staff, I'm going to ask them to just make their way here to the front. They'll be waiting on you. We'll stand in a minute. I want you to come to one of them and say, man, I nailed it down today. I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you've done that, but you've never been baptized publicly professing your faith in Christ. We encourage you to come, and we can set that up, and you can honor God in that step. Maybe you need a church family, or maybe you just need somebody to pray with you. Maybe you have questions about all this, what is true and what is not true. We'd love to just pray with you. But unless you respond, if you do nothing, you have done something. You have rejected and suppressed the truth. I encourage you. Take that step of faith. Father God, I pray over each person here today. Set them free, Lord, and allow them to experience you, the Lord God. Your way, your truth, and your life. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels and visit pcbc.tv podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.